Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. I, I really did think about what to speak about tonight. Uh, it's very interesting that today, uh, when I woke up and I was praying about this, um, the song that just kept coming was, even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't see it, he's working. I don't know why, I just sense that's a word for somebody right now in this church. That you're not seeing it. You're not seeing it. You're not even feeling it. But he's working. That, that's your word. That's your word. You may not see it right now. It may be difficult. It may be hard. You may be struggling with a lot of the things that are happening around you. But he's working. I don't know why when, I, when the songs I playing, I just started tearing up. Because I just felt somebody's pain here. I just felt this pain. And it's interesting. You can be in a house of joy and you're in pain. And I just want to say he's working. He's working. You're in the right house. And some of you are watching this and you're online. Even when you don't see it, he is working. And it, maybe you know yourself. You know that this is God's word to you right now. He is working. He is working. Ah. So the word God gave me to speak is a word that I've been speaking about at Mavuno. Uh, I've been teaching in this season about parenting. Um, and we've been learning about parenting. Uh, my wife has been teaching our church through a series on parenting. Uh, but God then said to me to teach our church about spiritual parenting because we've been talking about physical parenting. But simultaneously, I've been teaching about spiritual parenting. And, and God gave me a word about um, the orphan spirit. So I want to speak about that. I, don't, I, I just feel like it's, it's good to teach it. And I know that many of you, that's not the spirit you have, but it's good for you because you're also parents to recognize it when you see it. And so I'm going to teach uh, tonight about the, the orphan spirit. And what's an orphan spirit? I think one of the things I want to just quote up more uh, is that God is in the business of fatherhood. And the devil is in the business of orphanhood. So an orphan spirit is not the work of God, it's a work of the devil. It's the work of the kingdom of the devil. And the thing that God showed me and that I was teaching at Mavuno is that an orphan spirit is a demonic spirit that invades a person's mind, causing them to experience a sense of offense, abandonment, rejection, separation, and independence. So it's, it's, it's not a feeling. It's a demonic spirit. And that spirit makes you feel isolated, makes you feel rejected. It makes you feel unwilling to trust it makes you feel unsure, and it makes you feel like you need to be independent and not sucked in to what the family is doing. And today I want to announce to you that it's not you, there's a demon that causes that spirit. And here's the crazy thing, if this stronghold is not confronted and torn down, it will continue in your life through generations. Because often spirits are passed on from father to child. So even if you don't do it in church, you will pass it on to your physical children. You will pass on an orphan spirit to them. And there's a story in Luke chapter 15 that shows this orphan spirit very well. And it's a prodigal son story. Uh, actually, I call it the, the story of the prodigal sons. Because it's not one son who was prodigal. There were two sons in that story and they're both orphans. They're both prodigal. Two sons. One asked for his inheritance. Well, it's a huge insult when you ask for an inheritance in those days. It still is even today, isn't it? Because what you're saying to the old man is just die. Like, I don't, why am I waiting here? Like, you're, 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 you're breathing oxygen. You're taking too much time. Give me what's mine. And so that's what this son does. He does that. He takes the wealth. His father gives it to him. He squanders it on drinking and prostitutes. And then after that, at his lowest point, he realizes how badly he is. And so he decides to go back and beg his father for forgiveness. In fact, he says, I'm not worthy to be a son. I'm even willing to be a servant in the house. To his surprise, his father has been waiting at the gate 
This is what fathers do. This is what spiritual parenting is. Let me tell you, those of you who God is calling to be spiritual parents, and all of you are being called to be spiritual parents, amen? Uh, Every one of you, parenting is not an easy thing. Because when you're a spiritual parent, you will be hurt. Uh, Your children will walk away from you. They 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 will shun you. They will be entitled. They will feel like what you gave them, it's your job to have given them anyway. Uh, They feel like they don't owe anything. And they will walk away. And what a spiritual parent does, if you learn from Jesus, you stand at the door. You don't curse those who leave you. You bless them. I've been blessed. I've been, cur- I've been left by sons. I've been walked away by people who have led to the Lord and have poured into their lives. And they've walked away from me and they've said things about me. And God reminds me every time, stand at the door, bless and wait. Never curse. Bless and wait. And you know what? I pray. And there's some of them who've even left Mavuna and gone and started other churches. And they, were, they had a sense of entitlement. And they did not even say thank you because of what you did. And God says, pray for their churches to prosper. You know why? Because if you know how bad the devil is, you will pray for any church to succeed. You will never curse a church as long as you live. And so I pray for them that they will prosper. And I wait at the door for them to come back. So the son comes and he finds his father waiting at the door. And he's there. The father throws him a party. <laughs> Instead of meeting him with, with condemnation and you should have known, I, I knew you. No, no, no. The father just throws a party for him. Throws robes on him and ring and, 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 and slippers. The father, the, 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 the interesting thing is then there's an older brother who is, who's there. He's listening to all this and he's angry. So I want to just teach a few principles uh, just because of the time. Uh, about an orphan spirit. You know, in Kenya, we don't have curfew, so we could have gone till midnight if we're in Kenya. But, but here, we flow. <laughs> I love it. So number one, an orphan spirit wants gifts without responsibility. An orphan spirit wants gifts without responsibility. If you read the story in Luke chapter 15, it says, verse 12, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Mm, come on, somebody. My share. Where is your share? How did it become your share? Where were you when I was building your share? Like, like what arrogance. Give me my share of the estate. The audacity to even ask that question. Give me my share. Give me what's mine in the house. You see, this guy doesn't acknowledge that it's because of the father's labor and wisdom that there's even a share to be distributed. He doesn't. He takes it for granted. He has a spirit of entitlement. It's mine. You know, he doesn't want to play his part. He just wants wants what's in it for him. When, ask, when, when someone has an orphan spirit, serving is drudgery. They're not in it for anybody else except them. They come to church not to join a ministry team, not to serve and join a discipleship, a, a missional community. That's not what they want. They want something for them. They want the inspiration. They want you to preach the word to them. They don't want to give, they just want to receive. In ministry, if they serve, they only give what is required. And they resent it when you ask them to go out of their way to do anything more than what they think they should be giving. Their question is always, Pastor, what's in it for me? I don't know if you know somebody with an orphan spirit. But it's like, what's in it for me? And the only way to motivate them is by showing them how it will bless them. So it's like, come and serve. You know the pastor is like, come and serve. You will really grow if you serve. Come and share the gospel. My goodness, you'll be so excited. God will really bless you. It's like, and sometimes we as pastors, we make the mistake because we motivate orphans. Because I'm always trying to show you what's in it for you. Because you came to church for you, isn't it? So even I have to change my language to show you what's in it for you. My goodness. Even this younger son's motive for going back home, it's not because he finally says, oh my goodness, look at what my father did for me all those years. Look how stupid I was. What's his motivation? His motivation is, I don't even have food. And my father's servants have food. Let me go back, maybe I'll... 
my goodness, that's an orphan spirit. What's in it for me? You know, many times I really believe that we as pastors, we make a mistake by motivating you, by telling you what's in it for you. It's true that you grow and you serve. It's true that when you give, you will receive. <laughs> it's true that when you come and share the gospel, you'll be more blessed than the people you lead to Christ. It's true. All those things are true. But that's not why you do them. In a family, every member has responsibility. That's why you do it. You do it because you're a member of God's family. You're not a servant, you're a son. And sons serve. They love to serve. And so, so I think one of the things I just looked at this person is I see that this, 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 this strange thing, you, when, you, when you read the Bible, you're going to see consistently that sons are the ones who served. You know, Elijah, Elijah had Elisha. Elisha served him. The Bible says he's the one who poured water on the hand. He's, he's the one who served. Do you, do you realize that Elijah actually had another servant? Most people only know that the, 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 the Elisha. But there's a guy, an unknown guy. That's the guy who Elijah, when he was praying, he was like, go and check. Have you ever noticed there's another guy? You will never hear his name. You'll never hear his name. Because he's a servant. But Elisha, Elisha, he says, my father, my father, the chariots of, and the horsemen of Israel, that is a son. And a son serves because he loves. So, so this, this thing, look at, look at David. David says to Saul, my, to my, my father, my father, Paul to, to Timothy to Paul, my father. There's this thing that sons serve fathers. And they serve because they belong. Not because they are going to prosper. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I will prosper when I come to church, but I don't come to church to prosper. I come because it's my father's house. And in my father's house, I'm here to serve my father. And I want to bless my father. I want my father to be joyful. This is what I want. That's why I come. But I want to speak today and say that there's somebody here who's, who's, who, who needs to check your motive. Because the question I, I... And I'm going to ask a couple of questions as I go. The question I want to ask is, what motivates you to serve? Do you serve out of obligation or from a sense of what you stand to gain? When, 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 when Abmo stands here and says, it's time for you to come back to garage, what are you asking? What's the question in your mind? What's in it for me? Oh my goodness, it's time for me to go to my father's house. It's my father's house. I don't need to be cajoled, to be begged, to go and to serve my father. I don't have an orphan spirit. I'm a son in the house of my father. Oh my God. Orphan spirit wants gifts without responsibility. Number two, orphan spirit wants belonging without accountability. That's the second point. <sighs> you know, <laughs> I suspect the father probably tried to dissuade his son from leaving. I don't think he just said, go. When the son said, I'm leaving, I'm taking, give me my share. I suspect, in fact, probably if he was an African father, he probably said to the mother, please go talk to your son. Because you know, there are times as fathers, we run out of words. You know, I was laughing with, I was reading in the Proverbs, it says, a, a foolish son, no, a wise son brings joy to his father, a foolish son brings grief to his mother. Why? Because that place as fathers reach, you just say like, I, I don't even, I can't deal. I can't hack. It's, it's too much emotion for me. You say, please, go talk to your son. I'm sure the son was told, please, please, you're hurting your father. What are you trying to do? But the son would have nothing to do with it. He says, give me my share. You know, orphan spirit hates to be corrected or rebuked. That's the orphan spirit. That person fears structure or rebuke. They want, to be the, they want the church to be about love, but they don't want to be told what to do. Come on, this church, I'm just not feeling any love. They're just telling me what to do. It's all, you know, it's like, I just, I, why can't you guys just love me? That's what I want. How dare you tell me how I should live? How dare you tell me what I should do with my life? Am I preaching to somebody in the house today? I don't know. I just, I just feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm preaching better than you're listening right now. 
listen, listen, listen. Listen. How dare you tell me what to do? How dare you correct me? How dare you tell me I should stop this and do this? That, those are the questions an orphan spirit will raise. How dare they tell me? Listen, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 to 12. I've been reading through the Proverbs. And uh, it was interesting. A few, I, I think it was beginning of 2020, uh, I read a book where this guy said, if you read the Proverbs every month for two years, you'll become a millionaire. I said, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> so, so I started and I've been reading every month. I read through the book of Proverbs. I'm about to finish. I finished February, two years. By the way, already I can tell there's wealth, serious wealth happening in my house. Okay, I was already a millionaire, but now it's, it's, it's unlocked. It's unlocked some things. So I just want to commend the book of Proverbs to you. Amen. So, but listen to this, listen to this. Proverbs 3, 11 to 12. My son, my son. The Bible is all about the language of family. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Let me tell you what, a father only rebukes the one he delights in. By the time you find a father seeing his son messing up and not saying anything, it's because he no longer delights in that son. There's, there's just something where he knows my, my advice is not welcome. My words are not welcome. And so when you find rebuke, it's because there is love. It's not because of hate. Your, 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 your spiritual father will not rebuke you because they hate you. They'll only rebuke the one they love. And actually, a son looks for correction. Hey, daddy, look at what I'm doing. What do you think? You're looking for input. You're looking for advice. You go out to actively seek for it. The orphan is the one who is unwilling to change and adapt to the spirit of the house. I came to worship Harvest because it was a cool church. Yeah, they had good music and they made me feel good. What is this change? What are these things you're asking us to do? They don't want to catch the spirit of the house. It's about what I want. I don't know if I'm... Maybe I'm, I'm talking to a different church. This is... Okay, okay, I keep preaching. All right. So, so orphans, orphans are, they are spiritual browsers. They're spiritual browsers. They don't, they, don't, they don't settle to eat what's in the house. You know, an orphan doesn't eat because some days there is some good food. What's good food here? What's like a good meal? Pork. On pork day, they're there. Then what's the meal that maybe kids don't like as much? Posho. Posho night, they're going to see what the other house has. That's an orphan, isn't it? They don't want a balanced diet. They only want the things that they like. And that's, that's the orphan spirit. So the question, let me ask the question, how do you respond to rebuke and correction? Are you grateful that someone actually cared enough to confront or do you find yourself resenting? First of all, de defensive and resenting the correction that was given. How do you, what's your first reaction when your spiritual leader comes and tells you that was wrong, you were late? You, shouldn't, you spoke out of turn. You didn't do what you should have done. Do you feel, why are you correcting me? Or do you feel, thank you for loving me? You know, my wife, when she used to discipline our kids when they were young, she, they had a thing that they said when they were disciplined. After she disciplined, she'd, they'd always say, thank you, mommy, for making us wise. <laughs> and I believe she was trying to teach them the spirit of sonship. That's what your kids should say because it's like you're helping me to be wise. Thank you, Apmo, for making me wise. Thank you for the correction. Number three, an orphan spirit resists being planted. Wow. An orphan spirit resists being planted. This prodigal son, he left his father's home, he left his father's protection, he left his father's cover, and he decided he wanted to go and build his own fortune, his own home, his own cover. When you have an orphan spirit, you resist being planted where you're supposed to be and where God has placed you. There's no sense of permanence in you. You are temporary in your nature. You're only here for a season. You're always waiting for the next big thing. You always think about the season now. I'm here because God wants me here now. But you're unwilling to commit. You have a fear of commitment to the place 
that God placed you. And you're always thinking, you're always, it could be many reasons. One, it could be that you're never sure they'll accept you. You're always waiting for the day they'll kick you out. That's how orphans live. It's like, I'm not sure. Right now, I know they've, they've adopted me, but I don't know how long. Or you're also thinking, maybe they're going to start becoming harsh and I need to leave. So it's like, I want to wait until it works. I'm going to be here as long as it works for me. It was interesting, uh, Pastor B3, I want to quote you here. I'm, I'm all for quoting. You guys have great pastors here. Pastor B3, she, she's the one who taught us this scripture, Psalm 92, and I loved it. Psalm 92, verse, verse 12 to 15. She said, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a seed of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will bear fruit in old age. Come on, somebody. Hey, listen to me. You will bear fruit in this house in old age. That's what the Lord is saying. Old age. Mm. Come on, somebody. I prophesy over you. You will bear fruit in your old age. You will. You will. You will. This is your portion. You will bear fruit in old age. Apmo, I prophesy over you and, and Pastor Ari that your children around you will flourish when you're old. This is your blessing. This is your blessing. Listen to me. He will still be your father when he's in his 90s. And blessing will be flowing from him to you and from you to your children in your old age. This is what the Lord is saying. In your old age, in your old... Listen, you're not here for a season. You're not here for a season. You're here for old age. These are kingdom friendships. Listen, listen, listen. It's not a season. It is permanent. Yes, the Lord may send you to another country, but this will still be your house. This will still be your home. This will still be the place where you're planted because you're planted in the house of the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. But hey, Mavuno, this word is for you as well. It's a word for you as well. Yeah, you will bear fruit in your old age. Pastor Nash, you will bear fruit in your old age. You will bear fruit in your old age. Yeah, you will bear fruit in your old age. This guy leads our next generation ministries. <laughs> he, he, leads, he leads our college student ministries. Pastor Nash, I see you in your 90s talking to college students who are your grandchildren. <laughs> Instructing them in the way of the Lord. This is what you're here for. Hey, listen, you're in the back. I'm talking about you in the back. I'm talking about you in the, in the, in the balcony. You will bear fruit in your old age. This is God's word for you. I'm talking to you online. You will bear fruit in your old age. You will stay fresh and green. This is God's word for you. This is what happens when we are planted. Listen to me. Uh, the orphan spirit will always resist being planted. You have to remember it's a demon. It's not offense. It's not that I'm angry because they treated me badly. That's a demon. And you have to speak to the demon and tell it, get thee behind me, Satan. That is not God's word for me. If you want to see far, Isaac Newton said, you must stand on the shoulder of giants. Listen, you can jump up and down all you like, but God has put fathers in your life that when you stand on their shoulders, you see far. You see far. And this is the way it works in the kingdom. And so I just want to say that an orphan spirit will resist being planted. I want to say this, like, look, John 8, 5 says, and Jesus said, no, now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Can you put up that scripture? John chapter 8, verse 35. I think that's such a powerful word for somebody here tonight. John 8, 35. Write it down. John 8, 35. Now, a slave has no... Can we read it together? Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. That's my portion. That's my portion. So here's the question. Are you planted in that ministry? Worship Harvest, are you planted in this ministry? Are you a son or daughter of this ministry? I really believe that God is asking us that question. This is a question I've been asking people at Mavuno because I believe God says a son is planted forever. 
That's what it means to be planted. Number four, an orphan spirit does not share the father's heart. An orphan spirit does not share the father's heart. Luke 15 verse 28 to 29, older brother. The Bible says the older brother became angry and refused to go in. Can you imagine? (laughs) So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and I've never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Look, 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 look. This one is important. Look at this one. This is that guy who is serving in the ministry. He's faithful. He's even a leader. He gives everything. He's there earlier than other people. He's committed more than other people. This is a, it's a dangerous one. The crazy thing about this guy, he still has an orphan spirit. So listen, you can actually have an orphan spirit and still be in the father's house. Because we often we look at the guy who's out there and we think of the orphan spirit. I can be serving in the house with an orphan spirit. And this guy, he saw himself as a slave. He says, I've been slaving for you. Oh my God, I'm sure his father was shocked. Like, what did you just call yourself? How do you demote yourself to the level of a slave? But that's what he saw himself in. Unconsciously, he was just working to gain approval of his boss. That's what he was doing. He was working to gain approval. He did not share the spirit of his house. His anger shows that. Because he's like, I've been slaving. And then instead of getting reward, you're rewarding the guy outside. For him, it was all about, he was, it was about what he was getting out of this thing. He was slaving. And he was angry because someone else was being celebrated. Because he missed the spirit of the house. The spirit of the house is we're here for the lost. The spirit of the house is that we throw a party when the lost come home. The spirit of the house is we love it when one person gives their life to Jesus. The spirit of the house is when we hear stories about, about salvation happening. In, 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 we, we, we bless the Lord. We rejoice. We don't say, why is she getting more recognition than my, my place? And yet I'm working also. That's not what we say. Why? Because the spirit of the house is not competition. The spirit of the house is celebration. That's understanding the spirit of the house. But this guy, he's, he's, he's looking and comparing. Why is this one being recognized more than me? Do they see what I'm doing? Do they even care that I'm giving? Do they care that I came earlier than anybody else? That's the spirit of an orphan. When you have an orphan spirit, you see your pastor as a great man of God. You see them as a spiritual vendor, but you don't see them as your father. You don't receive them as your God-given father or authority. You prefer to listen to many voices but not your father's voice. And as a result, you don't catch your father's heart. This guy hadn't caught his father's heart. Even when he's asking what's going on in the house, who does he do? He sends, he sends another servant. He's relegated himself to the position of a servant in the house. And I want to say this. It's not God, God's portion for you to be a servant in this house. That's not God's portion. So listen to this question. Do you recognize your spiritual authority in this house? Do you recognize that authority? Are you a son or daughter of this house? Or are you living an independent Christian life? I really believe that somebody needs to hear this message. My friends, this is not a worship harvest thing. This is not a Bishop Doug thing. This is a kingdom thing. This is a Bible thing. This is what God is teaching. He says, go and make disciples of nations. The things we are teaching, the things you're discovering as a church in this season, this is about making disciples. This is not a wave or or a culture or a new thing that we're doing. This is a thing that Jesus sent his church to do 2,000 years ago. We're just rediscovering it. It's in the word. It's in the word. So right now, I want to challenge somebody because maybe you've been offended. You've been wondering, I've been coming to Worship Harvest for so many years. I was in the center of everything and now I'm feeling displaced. Other people have come, they've taken my place. I don't even understand what's happening. And it's easy for you to catch offense and become an orphan in this house. And I want to say, listen, you must understand it's a demonic spirit. And you must take captive. What what do we do with demonic spirits? We take captive and we bind them and we cast them out. Jesus says, I've given you authority over every spiritual, every evil spirit. 
I love the fact that Jesus said, he told his disciples when he sent them out two by two, I give you authority over every evil spirit and over sicknesses and disease. I like that. You know, I found that he didn't say over every sickness and disease. But he said over every evil spirit. And so sometimes I pray for a disease and it may not go. But every time I pray against an evil spirit, it will go. This is Jesus' authority he's given me. There are some diseases that might resist my prayer and I might have to go back and pray some more. But there is no evil spirit that can resist me. Why? Because he said, I've given you authority over every. Read it for yourself. Every evil spirit. So often spirit is just a spirit. Take captive over it. Listen, the Bible says we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to the knowledge of Christ. It's time for you to take. Nobody can do this for you, by the way. You have to take authority over that orphan spirit. And let me just also say this. As I'm teaching, you could be applying this just in church, but some of us are orphans in our father's house biologically. Our physical fathers. You're there as a son, but all these things, entitlement. I don't want to be corrected. I am not planted. They're true of you in your father's house. And I know people who, I mean, you you have a good family to all intents and purposes. Anybody looking from the outside, but you all operate as orphans. And it's time for you to understand that it's me. <laughs> if not, we say at Mavuno, if not me, then who? If not you, who will end the orphan spirit in your lineage? Because if you don't exercise it, it will affect your children and your children's children. So it's time for you to say, not on my watch. Not on my watch. Orphan spirit cannot exist in my house as long as I'm alive. I am a son in my father's house. I don't care what what my father went through that caused him not to be a present father. I don't care what my mother went through that made her neglect us. But listen, I will not carry on the orphan spirit from them to my children and the next generation. It stops with me. Stops with me. And by the way, I know people like that. I know people who, sometimes we give ourselves excuses. We say, look, you have to understand it's because of where I came from. I don't trust because of where I came from. Listen, that's an evil spirit. Don't claim your father's evil spirits. Cast them out of the family. Some of you are the last born and God will use you to deliver your family. Completely. And your family will change. It will change completely. So don't, don't, don't play with the devil. Take authority, stamp on him. God has given you authority to trample on snakes and serpents. Number five, my last point. An orphan spirit resents the success of others. An orphan spirit resents the success of others. Luke chapter 15 verse 30. Look at what this older son says. He says, but when this son of yours... <laughs> Surely, at least say, when my younger brother, (laughs) when this son of yours, he has dissociated himself from that sonship. I may be your son, but that one is yours. Who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. You see, those with an orphan spirit are constantly battling jealousy and insecurity. Because security originates in a, sec- in a relationship with your parents. Do you know that? When you have a secure relationship with your parents, then you're easy. You're easy. You're not competing. <laughs> you're not trying to prove yourself. You're easy. You know, it's so interesting. <laughs> I think about it. I've been reading through the book of John. I was just telling some guys earlier. And James and John originated as the sons of thunder. Do you remember why? Because we're so insecure that when somebody slighted Jesus, they're like, how can they say that about us? So we just call lightning from heaven and we burn their village. Isn't it? That's, that's his origin. That's, that's, that's where James and John came from. But something changed in John's life. Something changed in his life. That by the time Jesus was being crucified, the name for, J- for, for John was the disciple that Jesus loves. By the time you're the disciple Jesus loves, it means that security. Let me tell you, when you're the disciple, it's, it's, like, being, it's like saying, Pastor Angie is a disciple that Abmo likes. And it's, not, it's like everybody is saying that. At some point, guess what? It can even get awkward, isn't it? It can get uncomfortable. Like, why are they saying that about me? Like, like it's, why are they singling me out? Why, why are they? But John actually owns the name. 
In fact, it's in the book of John that he says, the disciple that, he takes the name they give for him, he says, yes, I am the one who Jesus loves. There's a spirit of security that has come into his heart. And by the time you're that disciple, you're not competing with anybody. Like, let Jesus talk with you guys, but I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. Let Jesus do miracles in your house and heal your mother-in-law, but I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. That's the security that comes out of that. And let me tell you, security comes out of being planted. It comes out of being planted. I remember this. I didn't know this because, guys, many times men are not secure. Because we're not taught to be secure in relationships. Guys, I might talk to somebody. Is it just Kenyan? Or is, does it happen in Uganda as well? Men can be very insecure. And that's why we can be friends for 20 years and all we talk about is our is Arsenal and Manu. And you don't even know the guy's middle name and which village he comes from. Guys can, and, and when you ask him, he's like, this guy's my boy. Like, we're boys, we're like this. But you don't know anything about the guy. <laughs> it's very true. Men can be insecure because we're always competing. You're always threatened. This guy is succeeding. So even pastors, sometimes we front for each other. It's like, do you know what I've done? Do you know what, what anointing I have? Huh? I remember once, the first time I saw this was so stunning. I met a, a, a guy who was, we became friends. And I was shocked by him because for the first time I met a guy who was not trying to compete with me. He wasn't trying to impress me. He just rejoiced in me. He loved me. Like, I, like it sounds even awkward saying it. Like, this guy was just like, man, you're such a cool guy. I really like being around you. I love hearing your stories. And I'm like... Okay, yeah, you're really weird. <laughs> like, like, you don't want to tell me your story. He's like, no, 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 you, let's talk about you. I'm like, <laughs> like, I took a while to understand this friend. And I really liked him, but I, he unsettled me because he just had nothing he was trying to prove. And all my guy friends at that time, it's like, I had to be like, yeah, yeah, you know, I came from work and I've had a busy week. You know, you're just trying to show how important you are. And the guy's like, man, I just want to hear about you. You sound like you had a rough week. I'm like, huh? Ah? Then I realized something very strange about my friend. Actually, God revealed to me why he was like that. This guy, when I saw him talking with his father, I was like, ah. Because he was, like in my generation, you don't see this. But this guy and his, da and his dad, they're boys. Like they're tight. Like he's, he calls his dad to tell him, by the way, I'm going out. Like he's married, he has his own family. But it's like, hey, what can I get for you? It's like they're so tight, they're boys. Like, they're so close, they hug. Like, oh, what's up, man? They give each other like a bear hug. And I'm like, like, you know, us African guys, it's like, and the dad says, I love you. I'm like. <laughs> yeah, my dad has told me he loves me, by the way. Huh? My dad has told me he loves me. And by the way, I have a very good father. But I remember the one time he told me he loved me, I was like, are you sick? <laughs> Are you okay? Is everything fine? <laughs> but you see, because this guy knew his father loved him, he's free to love anybody and he has, no, he has nothing to prove. It's like you win. I want you to be good. I want you to win. I want you to shine. I don't need to compete with you. Why? Because I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. Oh yes, Pastor Kilonzi, let your church grow. Pastor B3, let it become big. In fact, I want to hear more. Teach me how. I'm nothing. I'm not threatened by you. Why? Because I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. Are you, is somebody with me in the house today? There's a security when you know your father's love. There's security when you know your father's love. And the question I have is, do you struggle to celebrate others when they succeed? Do you constantly compare yourself with others and feel you're being treated unfairly? Because that's the spirit of orphanhood. An orphan spirit will make you see others through the lens of deeply rooted resentment and anger because subconsciously you're angry of the fact that you don't feel your father's love. And this taints perceptions you have of authority figures, including your pastor, including your biological or physical father, and including God, your heavenly father. Now, the crazy thing I said about this passage, both of these boys had an orphan spirit despite having a loving father. Isn't that crazy? Like, 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 <laughs> you'd expect them to have an excuse. My father was never there. He didn't do homework with us. He just never cared. He was always... Be like, which father? You've insulted him. You've taken everything. You've taken half his fortune and said, it's my share. You die. He gives it to you and then he waits at the gate 
Because it didn't say that the father was working in the field and saw him. It says while he was still afar off, the father saw him. In other words, the guy was watching. Every morning he'd wake up and say, Father, is this the day my son comes home? Lord, he didn't come yesterday, but I'm praying he comes tomorrow. What a loving father. And what does this tell me? It tells me that you can be an orphan despite having a loving father. Because many times we blame our fathers and yet the orphan spirit is something I came into the house with. This is something I just discovered once and it was a powerful revelation for me. I'll conclude with it. I say this to people at Mavuno. Fathers give birth to sons, but sons call out fathers. Sons call out fathers. You know, you can have a father. When, when, there's an age you reach with your children and many of you have young children. Uh, those of you who have children, they always reciprocate. They love when you tell them things. They love being your, fa- your son or your daughter. But there's an age where they get to, and my children are teenagers, they're in their 20s and, 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 late, and late teens, where you can say it, but you only wait for them to respond. You can't, you, can't, you can't take them with you. You can't force it on them. You say, I love you. And your son says, mm. <laughs> You say, oh, it's so good to see you in the morning. Come and give me a hug. And he gives you that. You can't force. You can't force. Sometimes it'll leave you hurt, but you can't do anything because he's now an adult. He himself, she herself, has to come to the place where she says, I have a loving father and I choose to accept their embrace. So, so fathers give birth to children and they bring them up. But as an adult, it is you who calls out your father. And I want to say that you have a loving father in this house. I know that because he's my friend. He is my friend. And I know he loves this church. You have a loving mom. I know that because this couple pray and they love this church. And I want to vouch for them because I want to say sometimes when you're in the house, you just think that this, this is on, the only father you know. I've been around the world a little bit. And I can tell you, you have great pastors. You have great pastors. But you know, the, the only thing they can do is just open the gate and open the space of invitation. But you have to take the step and come in. You have to take the step and walk through. Let me talk to the men in the house. Sometimes it's easier for women to accept this word than for men. Because men can easily have that competing spirit of surely, even me, uh even me I've done. And sometimes you can find the wife is the one who is leaning forward and following hard and the husband is waiting to be dragged. And let me just say, listen, sons, we have to decide, I don't want to have an orphan spirit. Let me tell you guys, I don't want to have an orphan spirit. That's not my portion. I will not have an orphan spirit. Even if all the men in my family have an orphan spirit, that's not my portion. There's someone who's watching this online and I want you to just begin to speak to yourself right now. Say, I will run. I know it it looks uncool. It looks uncool to run, but I will run because I don't want to have an orphan spirit. This is not my portion. That's an evil spirit. That's a demon. It's a demon. Don't have anything to do with the spirit of demons in your house. Cast them out. Because if you don't, you will pass them on to your sons and your daughters after you. That is not your portion. And so I just want to prophesy that there will be men on this front row. Sons. Sons in the house. You will fill this place. I know this may not sound politically incorrect, but I want to speak to the men of Worship Harvest. You will run to the front. You will not be left behind by women in this church. You will run and you will show your young men in this house how to be uncool, how to love the father, how to be secure in your father's love. You will demonstrate to the next generation that we as men can say, I love you and I'm, I'm here for you. You're my father. I'm with you. I will die with you. That there'll be men in this house like the apostle John who will be leaning on Abmo's bosom and they'll be saying, Father, I'm with you. I will walk with you. Bless the men of this house, Lord. Bless the men of this house. Bless the men of this house. Raise up sons in this house. Bless the men of this house, Lord. Raise up sons in this house. Bold men in this house. Men who will run after you. Men who will charge forward. Hey, Lord, fill this house with men. Lord, I bless, I bless you for your daughters. I bless you for your daughters. But I'm praying for bold sons. I'm praying that there will be bold sons who are followers in this house. 
I pray that the church of Jesus will not be known as a church where women go and men stay home, but the church of Jesus will be known as a church for bold men. That there will be an army around Abmo in this house. That it, like David's mighty men, there will be Moses' mighty men in this house. I, I prophesy over this house that the sons brought up in this house will see strong men in the church. Strong men in the church. And they will understand that the church is where strong men go. Hey, I prophesy over every preschool boy, in every son, every, every high school boy in this church. They will love Jesus. They will run after Jesus. Why? Because of the sons of this house. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. So, Lord, release. I just release a spirit of sonship. Bold sonship. Like the men in that cave of Adullam. So shall these men be. That they will go down on, on, on snowy days and kill lions in pits. That's their portion. That with one hand they will slay the enemy until the sword sticks to their hand. That's their portion. That the enemies of God's kingdom would flee. And the women in this church will rejoice. Because they are mighty men in this house. We bless you Lord. Come on somebody give glory to God right now. We bless you Jesus. We bless you Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord. Oh, come on, somebody just begin to pray, Lord, I will not have an orphan spirit. Hey, listen, if you're recognizing even a sign of orphan spirit in your, in your heart right now, begin to take captive over that spirit. Ah, come on, nobody can do it for you. Just say, I take captive. I take captive over the spirit of orphanhood. I cast it straight to the pit of hell for God to do it. God has given you authority over every spiritual force, over every demonic power. You have the authority. Nobody can bind that spirit for you. In this house, there will be no orphans. This is not your portion. This is a house of sonship. There will be no orphans in this house. Oh, Father, I bless you and I honor you. I glorify you, Lord. You're such a good God. You're such a good God. And so, Lord, I just want to submit this word to you. And Lord, I just want to say those words again that you gave me at the beginning. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. And there's somebody who's praying this prayer right now. And maybe you're not even feeling it right now. But listen, it's not about your feelings. He's working. He's working. That tugging you're feeling in your heart is Him working. He's embracing you right now. And Father, I pray for that son, that daughter who's been hurt. And their heart has had so much pain. I was hurt and nobody in the church came to see me. Somebody said harsh words to me. Somebody reminded me of what happened in my father's house and I ran, I ran because I didn't want to be intimate and to be hurt. But I thank you that Lord Jesus, your word to your son and daughter today is even though I don't feel it, even though you don't feel it, he's working, he's working, he's working. He never stops working. He never stops working. He never stops working. And so, Father, I just speak over somebody right now. Come on, if this is you, just begin to claim this word. I speak the balm of Gilead over you. I speak the healing over the, of the Father over you. And there's somebody right now, I begin to pull out those fiery darts of the enemy. Join me in doing that. I pull out the fiery darts of the enemy over your life. Those words that were spoken over you, yes, they were regrettable. But that was an evil spirit. And those were fiery darts. And I pull them out right now. I pull them out right now from your spirit. And I speak over you healing. I speak over you joy that has been missing. I speak over you a spirit of sonship. You will no longer serve out of, out of, out of servanthood. You will no longer slave in this house. You will serve out of joy. Because even when you don't feel it, he's working right now. He's working, he's working, he's working. And he never stops working. And so Lord, I bless you. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Let's sing this as we end. He never stops working. Even when, come on somebody. Even when I don't feel it, He's working. Even when I don't see it, He's working. He never stops, never stops working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. 
father thank you for such a glorious victory night thank you for your word thank you for your prophetic word we shall advance we shall prosper we shall shellac by the word of this prophet we bless you we thank you we honor you you're good thank you for victory night for there is victory in this house right now amen amen and you may be in the house i wish they could switch on the lights can't see anyone and or online we don't want to close this service without giving you an an opportunity to give your life to jesus if you've never done that amen the ultimate orphanhood is orphanhood from god and that's where the devil wants you but we have a loving father he gave his only begotten son jesus christ that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life says those who believed him those who received him he gave the right to become children of god you don't have to be out in the cold oppressed alone fearful there's a loving father and there's a loving family so if you're there online or here in the house and you're saying tonight is the night i'm giving my life to jesus i want you to put your hand up right where you are i can't see you in the house but if you're there and you want to give your life to jesus if you want to give your life to jesus those one like i'm giving my life to jesus today today i end my orphanhood if there's anyone near you and their hand is up please let me know we want to pray with you i want to just just want to pray with you if you're online i want to pray with you still amen amen you know friday night is a weird night yeah mostly the fanatics come but a fanatic may have brought you someone was like yeah i'm giving you a ride from work but we are passing via church then we'll continue home so you might have come here with one of those jesus lovers amen so i'm not going to take it for granted i'm going to insist like a good evangelist yeah because eternity depends on it right yeah help me ask your neighbor if they want to give their life to jesus and they are just fearing to come please check let's do the work of ministry together check with your neighbor and if they're like i actually want then help me put your hand up on their behalf then we'll work it we'll work on it from there please if there is a hand in your section and i can't see it alert me there's a hand there's a hand over there come on i tell you what this is important so i want that person to to come with your neighbor come right here i'm waiting uh, yeah we, we this one we are we can wait yeah supper can wait whoever just come with us anyone else anyone else your neighbor wants to come 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 to, come right here come right where i am come on let's let's welcome them as they come anybody else anyone else the people upstairs are they coming i'm waiting welcome welcome come and stand with them come and stand with them the people i saw a hand upstairs are they coming they're on their way anyone else uh, this is yeah you can look this side let them look this side uh, just stand with them stand with them pastor jonathan the people upstairs they were coming they are still coming we are gonna wait now you might be here and again your neighbor also wants hey <laughs> hey they were for lifting hey come and give me a hug oh welcome to the family of god stand with her anyone else wants to give your life to jesus this is the moment to give look yeah jesus said if you are ashamed of me before men i will also be ashamed of you before my father yeah so there is no shame you see for us here we are saved and we are not ashamed 
Is there anyone else? Hey, come on, people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo! Yeah. Yeah, young people are giving their lives to Jesus. That means the rest of their lives are going to be fruitful. Come, come, come. Oh, come, come, come. Shake my hand. Welcome to Jesus. Anyone else? I feel like there's someone else. Yeah, someone. You are like, eh, uh, there's nothing to fear. Everyone, did your neighbor tell you they already saved? Are you sure? You might be younger. There's a person, they even. You've checked. All right. Let, okay. Let's, let's, let's pray with the people who have come up front. Can we pray with them? Please pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for giving your life for me. I give my life to you today. I acknowledge that you are Lord. That you are raised from the dead. Forgive my sins. And give me a new chance at life. Take my life and do something significant with it. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, if you've prayed that prayer, uh, you're, 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 now your life is, you are, you are saved. Now, this is Pastor Jonathan. He's so cool. I want you to give him your contact. We want to be able to reach you, maybe support you in whichever way with your, in your new life. He's just going to, to go with you over there and take down your contacts. Everyone else, are you blessed? Is this an awesome night? Has gone done mighty wonders? We're a little bit out of time, just a little bit. But the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. You know, I hate sickness. Yeah, totally. Is there anyone here who loves sickness? I hate sickness. Yeah, and all those complica complications. Do you know last week, the other week, the people in Mbarara, Worship harvest in Barana, they are watching us. Yeah. They, 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 someone deaf over here, they started hearing last week. Mbarara. And where you, those Mbarara, Mbarara, they are far from here, you know, but the miracles still work. <laughs> those in where you get it last week, was it still last week where you get it? Someone started saying, speaking for the first time. By the end of the they could at least say Jesus. Never spoken in life, never. Yeah. That's Isaiah 35. The eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer. The tongue of the dumb shall speak. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. So if you're sick, or if you know someone who is sick, or if you are watching and you are with someone who is sick, we are going to pray for healing. Amen. And it's a piece of cake for Jesus. Yeah, well, you know, for you and I, it seems like impossible, hard. But Jesus, everywhere he went, was healing people. And he said, we are two or three or more gathered. In my name, I will be there. Do you believe Jesus is here? Ah. All right, let's just pray. Whatever your sickness, whatever you're suffering from, I want you to put your hand up where you are here. And if you're at home, put your hand on wherever the sickness is, whatever it is, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that foul spirit of infirmity and sickness. I command sickness to leave your body right now in the name of Jesus. In all its forms, every organ, every muscle, every cell, yeah, even your heart, in your mind, I speak peace, I speak wellness, I speak healing. Thank you, Father, for your healing. Is the children's bread. And thank you that you're serving that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you receive it? I can tell you, you're going to have a testimony. Yeah, we've had so many testimonies. Yeah, all our doubts have left us now. Because we serve 
a healing Jesus. And some of you, if there is any kind of threat against your life, I cancel that right now in the name of Jesus. With long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. No evil shall come near your dwelling. We speak angelic protection over you right now. Every evil spirit that seeks to bring death and sickness and attacks by the enemy, I cancel it in the name of Jesus. Yeah, you are protected. Amen. Now, if you've never received the Holy Spirit, with speaking in tongues, you're like, those guys who keep speaking in tongues, what are they doing? Yeah, you can have that. It's free. Bible says that if you, being evil, is that Luke 11? Yeah, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father not give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You know, when you got born again, you received the Holy Spirit in you for you. But now there is another dimension, the Holy Spirit upon you for others, for the gift, of, for ministry. Amen. So wherever you are online, what this is usually the easiest one, right? Yeah, just receive that. Thank you, Father, for the gift of the Holy Spirit that we, that the church has been receiving since the day of Pentecost. I declare that for people here tonight in the name of Jesus. I come against every sort of difficulty in your mind that you'll know it's a gift. It's not to work for. It's not to struggle about. Just receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. And wherever you are here at home, just the Bible says they spoke as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. We've had people speaking in tongues every week, everywhere. Yeah, so it's going to be easy for you. On your way home, you'll start speaking. Some people keep telling them, before you go to sleep, you'll speak. They're like, yeah, I was going to bed and I started speaking. Yeah. Amen. May the grace, ah, before we pray the grace. Was that a word or words? I want, I want to tell you, Pastor M asked me, what should I talk about? I said, as the Holy Spirit leads you. So I had nothing to do with what he has preached. And I want to tell the men, yeah, I didn't tell him anything. Yeah. Especially that last part, no. I, did not, I haven't been telling him anything. And he didn't plan, he's saying he didn't plan to say that. So if you're a man, this is a prophet, if you're a man and you're in this house, there, the Holy Spirit, yeah. What? That was... Anyway, the men here know. The men here know. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much. See you at the next Victory Night when it comes around. It's going to be super special like this. God bless you. God bless you. You can start dashing home. You're already late. Hey, wait, wait, wait. If you want, if you may have given your first time, but after the word, you're like, I even want to give more. The baskets are at the front and the numbers are on your screen. You can continue to give. You can continue giving. So seed into this word. This was a great word. You can come and plant your seed. The baskets are at the front. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, band. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555. We're taking territory.